Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back. It's the Dan and Joe Fantasy Show with you. As always, I'm Dan uh, with my counterpart here, Joe. Uh, the moment we've all been waiting for. Football was finally back last night. Uh, thank you guys for listening to the show. Uh, we're getting ready for week one here. Like I said, finally had some real football last night. The game itself, Packers and the Bears, really was kind of a dud. Um, but it was real football, so we're all thankful that's finally back. We will that game uh some fantasy takeaways there are a few even though it was kind of a dud from a fantasy standpoint uh but there are some things to talk about there um and a little bit of news since the last show that we'll that we'll get into a little bit um and we've got uh the first full slate of games on sunday we won't get into each and every one of those but uh we will uh, take a little deeper look from a fantasy standpoint into into several of them uh, here on the show today, and uh, as always and every week in fantasy, there's always some big start and sit decisions that have to be made, so we'll talk just about just a few of those that Joe and I have uh, in our leagues, and also, uh, if you guys have any that you want us to, to answer, give our thoughts on, definitely uh, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter, uh, just search Dan and Joe Fantasy Show, and uh, let us know, and uh, we'll see if we can help you out uh, so with that, uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and get right into it. Let's start off with the opener last night, the Packers and the Bears, and some takeaways from that game. Yeah, so uh, football was back, and uh, everybody's excited. Everybody's pumped up. Oh, yeah. And we kind of get a, a, a dud for a game, like Dan said. <laughs> it really was. It was uh, – I mean, it was football. We were all happy for that, but it was <laughs> – it was kind of painful to watch at some at, at some points in the game there. I mean, at one point there was a first and 40. I mean, it, yeah, it doesn't get much. It was, it was gross. Um, yeah, there was, was one touchdown. Gross. Yeah, it yeah. was bad. The offenses were clearly rusty. I don't think that's really either one of them at their peak level. Yeah, I don't yet. think it was a, a, um, a defensive dominance. It was just sloppy right. on the offensive side of the football on, on both right. sides. Right. And, I mean, obviously, with no preseason for Rodgers and really to get anything going for them, that showed big time. And then, obviously, everybody's wondering about Mitchell Trubisky taking another step. And um, it looks like that hasn't really happened yet. He's still yeah. struggling. So, uh, but on a bright side on Chicago's offense, it looks like Allen Robinson is uh, emerging as a legit wide receiver number two. Yeah, he, he soaked up. Most of the targets there, Mitch uh, Trubisky threw it 45 times, uh, and I, uh, uh, Allen Robinson walked away with 12 targets. So that's a pretty, pretty sizable target share. Uh, Trey Burton did not play in that game, so that's a nugget to kind of take away. But I, I think yeah. it clearly, clearly you can still feel confident, and Allen Robinson is the go-to option uh, in the pass game for them. And I think, yeah, definitely, he looks like uh, – he. I don't think he's a wide receiver three. I think he looks like he will put up wide receiver two numbers this year. Yeah, and on he, the on the other side of the ball here for Green Bay, it looks like uh, MBS is going to be uh, maybe the, the second Green Bay wide receiver to own. 
And because Allison really did, I mean, he dropped a big old goose egg, so he, he right. didn't do absolutely anything. But uh, Valdez yeah, going Hanley in looks like he uh, he will be the second wide receiver there in Green Bay. Going in, I, I I have Allison in a couple of leagues, and I really thought that he might be the guy uh, to be this kind of the second option there. He plays more in the slot, um, which is the kind of the old Randall Cobb spot there. But to me, yeah. what I saw is the Green Bay Packers ran a lot of two tight end. Uh, yeah, they ran more a than lot that. of two tight end. And that really pushed Allison off the field. Yeah. He had zero targets. So at this point, you know, you never want to overreact too much from week one, but we do have to take everything in stride. And I think Allison, if you've got, you know, still have the Sunday games to to see what happens there. Uh, but if there's someone else, you know, we'll see what happens. But if there's somebody else that you like that's available after after the games on Sunday and Monday come waiver time, I think Allison would be droppable. I think that's reasonable. I would yeah. hold on to, to Valdez Cantling. He looks like he's got a little rapport going with Rodgers, but I think Allison's droppable. Yeah. And uh, another kind of a surprise on Chicago's uh, offense, um, Tariq Cohen um, played a lot, but he didn't play running back. He was uh, yeah. mainly at slot. This may be the biggest kind of news from a fantasy standpoint. Um, I think it actually boosts his value. I agree. Uh, Tariq Cohen – Tariq Cohen played a lot, but like you said, he really didn't play running back at all. He took yeah. he played 51 snaps, and 47 of those he took uh, as a slot wide receiver. So yeah. he's essentially a wide receiver now. Um, but he looks like their primary slot guy. Uh, so it looks like he's going to be on the field a lot for them, just not as a running back. Yeah, and I was kind of telling you uh, during the game, um, it looks like he's going to be – I mean, who knows what he's going to, you know, be at wide receiver, but this is kind of the Tyreek Hill treatment, you know? Tyreek right. Hill was a running back in college, and then he gets to the yep. pros, and he transitions into the wide receiver. And, um, yeah. I mean, Cohen's of similar build. He's got the speed. He's got the hands, you know, and, and Matt Nagy is from Andy Reid, you know, so he, exactly. he's with the Chiefs. So, and he, he sees, obviously, he sees what Tyreek Hill can do in that position, and if he thinks that Tyree, uh, Tariq Cohen can be that guy, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe he just blows up onto the scene here at, at wide receiver and could be, a, you know, another compliment to their passing attack. Yeah. I mean, uh, Anthony Miller was consistently being drafted as like kind of a wide receiver four or five depth option, somebody with some upside. Uh, but the fallout here is that it looks like, the kind of the second option in the passing game for them is Tariq Cohen. It's not Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller was totally invisible on Thursday night. He had yeah. one target, I think, zero points. Um, it looks like in, instead of Anthony Miller being the second receiver, uh, it's basically Tariq Cohen. Yeah. And, but I, like I said, I think that's actually a good thing for his value because then if you look at the backfield, the running back snaps were largely split between – David Montgomery and Mike Davis. So there really wasn't anything left for Tariq Cohen in the backfield. So I think for Cohen maintaining value, that's a good thing. But then when you do move into the backfield, um, you know, I guess we probably should have expected a little bit, you know, Montgomery being drafted as a high RB two borderline RB one in a lot of leagues. Uh, and he definitely was not that. Uh, yeah, I mean, opener. he was getting he was getting a lot of preseason, a lot of pre-draft build up, and yeah, um, 
I mean, from where he was being drafted, I, a lot of people had started him, you know. In, yeah, in you kind of had to. And you, I mean, you and you kind of had to, like you said, right? Because with of where, where you were taking him, him. yeah. Right. And I, you know, we we believe season long that he's going to be the guy. I mean, you could just watch yeah. that game last night and see how good he is. Right. And let's just not take too much away from this game. Yeah, he didn't do a whole lot, but nobody did anything in that game. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it was just not a very good, you know, I mean, it was a 10 to three game. So, I mean, there's not going to be a whole lot of fantasy scored, but mm-hmm. when Montgomery got the ball, he looked like, you know, he can do some damage going forward in the season. Right. Yeah. What I saw is, you know, his calling card is kind of the elusiveness, the the tackle breaking, and he definitely had that kind of juice to him. You could see that uh, for sure. He looked like the better running back than Mike Davis. Mike Davis out snapped him, but I think as we, as as we go forward, as the the coaching staff there gets more comfortable with Montgomery, that'll kind of flip in Montgomery's favor. And also the game script, you know, if if uh, if Chicago gets you know a touchdown or two touchdown lead, uh, the guy that they're going to hammer in there, I feel like, is David Montgomery. As long as he doesn't fumble, which we haven't seen yet, as long as he takes care of the football, I think that's kind of where Montgomery's going to fit in. And his share of that load, I think, is going to increase as the season goes on. So. Pretty much a dud for him in week one, but it was like for a lot of guys. But I don't think – I don't see the reason to be concerned for Montgomery like I do like Geronimo Allison where it looks like – or Anthony Miller where it looks like those guys you can just kind of – Yeah, if you, if you drafted Montgomery and you're feeling down about this week one performance, just stay on board, stay on the boat, yeah. but just just keep riding this thing out. You, the, the high tide is coming in, and, and he's he, – he, right. ride that thing once it starts going. Yeah. So, uh, on, the, on the on the flip side of that, Mike Davis, he did play a lot. I wouldn't be super excited. I, he's not someone, at least after the game one, that I'm going to go after. Really, uh, he looks kind of like a uh, like a uh, Devonte Booker for yeah. you know, like in the in Denver last year where they had Philip Lindsay was doing really good, and Royce Freeman was had a, had his moments here and there. And Booker was always playing. He never really did anything good from a fantasy standpoint. I feel like that's kind of what Mike Davis is going to be. He's going to be on the field sometimes, but I don't think he's going to be worth it from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. So, um, the other, the only other uh, noteworthy thing I think here is um, we mentioned Tariq Cohen playing a lot at receiver. Uh, the other guy who played a lot, actually, especially when you compare it to how little Anthony Miller played, is uh, Taylor Gabriel. He was actually on the field for almost all of Chicago's snaps. Um, he had five targets, which is a lot more than Anthony Miller. Um, he's not a guy I think that you want to go after and get just yet, but to me he is someone kind of that needs to be on the radar a little bit now with how much that he played. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, and he we had that like 50-yard catch that kind of got called back. You're right. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, you uh, – I mean, obviously, you have to take that away, but I mean, he still made that play, you know, despite the the holding penalty. Or I think that ended up being one of the the first and thirty or first and forty call or whatever that debacle yeah, was. I think that was part. You're right. I think that might have been part of that series. Yeah, because I mean, that's a game changer right there. I mean, if if yeah. that pass is you know good and there's not a penalty on that play, you know, I think Chicago he caught that like down inside the red zone. So you know, I mean, that, obviously, that... I mean, you got you. Got, you can't take the penalty away, but um, so that yeah, was another I mean, he's something definitely to look at here. I've, but I mean, let's see if it's if Mitchell can get it going. Right. 
that was a target that doesn't actually count. So, you know, he had the five targets that, that deep ball that, that got wiped away. That doesn't actually count. So he was a little, he was definitely more involved than Anthony Miller. Um, so guy to kind of keep your, keep your eye on there a little bit. So um, that pretty much takes care of the opener uh, overall, mostly a dud. A uh, few takeaways there that we just talked about. So let's go ahead and move on to a few pieces of news here. Just a couple of them. Um, so as we're getting as we're getting ready for this show, it's been so back and forth. Uh, we've had one plan about what we were going to talk about with this guy, then that's changed. Now we have there's been like four different narratives. And I'm talking about Antonio Brown. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen anything this crazy in a matter of what, like a day and a half. We've gone yeah. from, we've gone from, you know, before all the drama and just the past day and a half that, you know, everything was looking like, okay, he's going to play. Then everything comes out. It's like, Oh my gosh, you know, he, he went off on Mike Mayock. They're probably going to cut him. And to now where we are now as we record the show, it's like it's all water under the bridge already within a matter yeah. of hours, and now we're back to where we were before all this happened. Yeah, totally they've already, wild. To, you know, totally kiss and make up, and, like, <laughs> overnight. Like, I don't know, how, how do you go from one extreme to, yeah, he's, he's going to be playing on Monday night. He's he's going to be ready to go. Yeah. Like, do you go from potentially cutting him, yeah. you know, getting rid of his $30 million guaranteed contract to – no, you know what? He came and apologized in front, of, in, 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 you know, in front of the team and, and everything. And, and him and Mike Mayock had a one-on-one conversation, and everything's back in line for him to play. Yeah, we're all good I'm now. I'm sure that's what the Raiders want. You know, at the end of the day, that's what they want. They right. They, they wanted him there, so obviously that's what they want. But you know, if he's going to keep being a distraction, which I believe he's going to be, he's, he's always been a distraction in some form of you know, in some way. And uh, it's just what's what's next? What's going to happen next in the Antonio Brown saga? You know, now that we're past this, it was the helmet. It was the the frozen toes. It was the fine releasing the letter on Instagram, and, <laughs> yeah. and now it's it's this blow up, and then it's yeah. the the apology. You know, I mean, what's going to happen next weekend? Yeah, what can happen Tuesday or Monday night when Antonio Brown has two targets or, or you know, yeah, no catches or he has a, you know, a total down game and the Raiders get blown out, you know, what's going to happen then? It's just, I don't understand. It's, it's so crazy. Yeah. It's, it's wild. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it. Uh, I hope that you listened to, our very first show, and you avoided Antonio Brown in your draft. If you do have him on your fantasy team, I mean, you had to play him. Uh, I, I, my guess is where you drafted him, unless you got him as your wide receiver four or even maybe your wide receiver three, you could maybe you could sit him. Um, but he is a very talented player. He's proven that. So I think you probably do have to play him. If, if it was me, if I had him on my team, I would be hoping for a big game, and then I would be trying to trade him. Because yes, uh, dump it, yeah. I would just rather not have to deal with all that on my fantasy team throughout the year. Because, like you said, what is going to happen when he has two catches for 12 yards? And regardless of whether they win or lose, if Antonio Brown doesn't have a good game, he's going to be upset. He was already doing that yeah. in Pittsburgh. 
And so we may have a whole and, new and saga Pittsburgh at that was point. winning a lot of games. The Rangers yeah. aren't going to win a lot of games this year, folks. <laughs> yeah. Let's just, let's just face the facts. They're in a You're really right. tough division. I mean, obviously they got Kansas City and they got the Chargers. And, I, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Denver, but Denver has a really good defense. We know that. Right. So, I mean, there's – the Raiders could very easily be a four-win team. You know? Yeah. I mean, I just and, – and, and how far off the rails does the, the Antonio Brown saga go if they're that bad? You know, yeah. there's just – the downside here is so steep that if he has a big game week one, I would be doing everything I could to move him. If you could get a, a flex running back out of him, I think that's something that you'd have to consider. Yeah. Maybe, definitely. maybe, maybe you could swing a, an Antonio Brown for David Montgomery deal. If the other guy is, um, yeah. You know, in, in need of a, a receiver up game on here on Monday night, you know, the, the, the kind of half dud that Montgomery laid. Um, yeah. I mean, I would, Definitely send that offer out if I if yeah. I own Antonio Brown. Definitely. Yeah. You know. I would I would that was something I would I would be looking for opportunities to do that if, if Antonio Brown has a has a blow up game week one. Yeah. Because um, come come December when the fantasy playoffs start and Raiders are out of it, how hard yeah. do you think Antonio Brown's really gonna be playing? <laughs> right. You know, right. they're they're two and ten. It's just it's yeah, nope, 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 and nope. Yeah, look for a way to get off that train if you're on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the only other thing that we wanted to touch on really quickly uh, is the news that came down today. Tyreek Hill got his big contract. Um, so he is locked up there in Kansas City. So it definitely looks like uh, they are hitching their wagon to, to Tyreek Hill. Um, I don't think it really changes much for him from a fantasy standpoint, especially for this season. But w- w- if you know, if you're in a, a keeper or a dynasty league, uh, I, I think it is a little bit of a boost to his value because he's got, as long as he doesn't screw up off the field, he's got this year and then three more years of, of Patrick uh, Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely boosts his value up in those in those leagues for sure. Yeah. You know, and and he was my guy to get, you know, as a receiver because he was working this. He was on a contract year, but mm-hmm. he gets paid before the season, which is, you know, good as a. You know, as a Chiefs fan that I am, I, I, I like the deal. I like yep. that it was only three years. I didn't really want a five-year deal, a four-year deal, or a three-year deal was perfect for, for Tyreek Hill here in Kansas City to me. I, that's yeah. the perfect amount of years because at that point he'll be 29, I think. And then if he wants another deal, you know, another big, big deal, depending on his production at that time, yeah, and obviously Kansas City can look at it, but they could also walk away from it too, and not yeah. have to overextend. Because by by then, you know Patrick Mahomes' record-breaking contract will be on the books. So yeah, I mean we might not even be able to afford him at that point. But I like it that it was only a three-year deal for sure. Yeah, and I do like you know really quick. You know we are uh, here in Kansas City, so I think it's a little relevant, but. I do like there was a whole lot of rumors, you know, some of the national media folks talking about how they should trade Tyreek Hill. I do think it was the right move to sign him and to lock him up. I think Tyreek Hill is, I mean, you know, I understand the off the field stuff and I don't really want to get into that too much really. But if you just compare him to, because I do think he is quite frankly on the same level uh, as all the other great wide receivers in the league, you know, know, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, he's a different kind of guy, Odell Beckham, but his value to the team, I feel like, is on the same level. 
and the Saints aren't trading Michael Thomas so they can get a corner. The Atlanta Falcons aren't trading Julio Jones so they can get another defensive player. I think it was the right move to keep him. Oh, I definitely agree. Yeah. And, and you mentioned, uh, and really quickly, I just thought of this. You mentioned Patrick Mahomes' deal. Another thing that just came through a couple of days ago, Jared Goff got paid. And the first thing, I what did he get, like $110 million guaranteed or something like that? Something astronomical? Yeah. The first thing I thought of when that happened was when it's Mahomes' contract here, he is going to blow the lid off the lid. Oh, yeah. It's going to be something that we've never seen before. It's going to be insane. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he hits a $150 million contract. And we, we're, we're hovering around the hundreds now for a lot of these guys. He's going to. He's going to blow the lid off all yeah, there's of that. Already, you know, I mean, I, he can't sign an extension until after this season, just I guess the way the CBA is and everything. But Right. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be – the years is what's going to be um, the determining factor on whether it's a five, six, seven-year deal. Yeah. But um, obviously, as a Chiefs fan, I've, I've locked him up forever. Just give him a forever contract. And, yeah, uh, exactly. Um, but – Obviously, that's not how it's, it's going to work, but um, yeah. they're speculating on whether it's just going to be a five-year deal just because of the way that one of the next uh, uh, CBAs breaks down or something like that. I can't remember the exact details on it, but they were saying like five or six years, which at that point, I mean, what's he going to get per year? I mean, Dak's asking for 40. Yeah. Um, I mean, which is, I... is he going to – get to 45 50 i mean could he really be getting 50 million a year i mean i guess that's the other thing because you know not to spend too much time on it but if dak yeah. prescott does get 40 million dollars <laughs> i think the patrick Holmes is probably rooting for dak prescott to get 40 million dollars because he's oh, gonna yeah. walk then he's gonna walk into the office and be like you're gonna need to pay me 50 and it doesn't okay. really matter the only argument the Chiefs can make is that, well, you know, here's where the market is, so you're still making a heck of a lot more than anyone else. If the market goes way up, they're going to have to pay him whatever he wants, and that's that's what's going to happen. He, he's going to get whatever he wants yeah. as, as long oh, yeah. as if he as long as he keeps on the same trajectory. But we yeah. do we uh, we want to um, like I said before in the, in the intro, we've got a couple of these matchups we want to get into from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, and we are Chiefs kingdoming out a little bit here, but we do yeah. want to go ahead and start to, <laughs> start with the Chiefs and the Jags. There are a lot of noteworthy uh, fantasy matchups here in this game. Yeah, so, um, so real quick, Dan, break it down for, for our listeners on how we are going to be presenting this to, to them and how we kind of break it down like for us you know, personally, because like, like we said in all, in our other shows, we don't really do rankings. We don't like yeah. look at the rankings and everything. We, we kind of break these games down and, and, and Dan can uh, explain it to you on how we kind of look at this and we'll, we'll show that to you on our, all our social, social media stuff. Yeah. So yeah, like, like Joe said, we'll have a, we'll have something up for you guys to look at uh, on both of our social media pages, but we've kind of tiered the players, the relevant players here. So we've got, uh, must start options. Well, and this is all kind of assuming that you're in a, a standard size league. You know, if you're in a six team league, some of this probably isn't going to apply. But if you're in a standard size league, we've got guys that we view as must starts. And there may be a lot of different reasons for that. Some of it may be, you know, where you drafted him, you really don't have much of a choice. Um, or it may be that we think it's a really good matchup. Uh, but for this game, at least, for the situation, we feel like. 
you know, we're, we'll give you some guys in each matchup that we're going to look at here that are must starts. Then we've got kind of a second tier of guys that are good options. I would say these are kind of RB2, wide receiver two, high end flex kind of uh, options here. And then I've, we've got another tier in here that I call the darts. And to me, uh, these guys are guys that have a potential. Maybe they score a touchdown and they, they have a really good day because they scored. But they're also they're kind of the high variance guys. They got they got some upside, but they got a pretty low floor as well. And then uh, after all of that, we've got guys that we are fading. So guys that we would want to avoid if possible. Uh, and again, a lot of these guys are just guys that are kind of you know lower tier. Uh, guys that you're probably going to not want to look at, but there are some other names on here. And in that case, to me, a fade is not necessarily that, you know, you're going to start just a waiver wire guy on them, but maybe you need to expect um, something less than what their average would be. And we'll get into more detail into that as we get through it, but let's go ahead and start with the chiefs and the Jags. And there are a lot of obvious must starts in this one. Um, obviously, Patrick Mahomes being the number one in the in the Chiefs and the Jags ma- matchup. There's no way you could sit him. I don't care if you've got, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. It doesn't matter who you got. Mahomes yeah, you, is yeah, locked this, in. This, these these must starts are guys who you just put in your lineup and you forget. You don't try to get cute with them. Yeah, you don't. I mean, yeah, we last year Mahomes threw 50 touchdowns, and there was only one game where he didn't throw a touchdown, and that was against Jacksonville. Well. Yeah. I hate to say it, but it's not going to happen again this year. So yeah. uh, he's going to be throwing. He's he'll get his touchdowns this year in that game. And yeah. I mean, it, you know, these these must starts are guys you just pump in your lineup, and you you worry about your other you know guys in your lineup that you got to try to tinker with. But yeah, you know, and, and Patrick Mahomes is a must start in this game. We also like Tyreek Hill, obviously. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey is a must start. I mean, I, I mean, he's going to be a must-start every week, too, along with, you know, Tyreek Hill. Yeah. And, I mean, the must-starts aren't going to be, you know, must-starts, you know, every week. But in, in this game, in this matchup, um, you know, this is who we really like. Because, I mean, a lot of these guys will be in your must-starts every week. But every once yeah. in a while, a guy is going to get a really good matchup, and it's going to be you have to get him in that lineup. Like, exactly. I mean, I mean, Leonard Fournette is a must-start in this game also. But yeah. a guy, you know, uh, who we both really like, but D.D. Westbrook, you know, he's a must-start this week, but there there may be weeks this year where he's not a must-start. He'll be a good option, yeah. I think, most of the year. But but this week, um, D.D. Westbrook is, is a must-start for us in, in uh, the Chiefs versus Jacksonville. Yeah, so like you mentioned, I think guys that are probably going to be must-starts just about every week, Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek, I really think those are kind of the only set-and-forget here, guys. Uh uh, Fournette is pretty close to that, but for week one, I think the the biggest advantage that he's got going for him and the reason why he is a he, he's a pretty easy must start for week one is we don't know how good the Chiefs run defense is going to be. We do know it was terrible last year. Um, yeah. He is at home. And I do think that the Jack that Jacksonville, they do have a new quarterback, but they're still going to run that offense through Leonard Fournette. So I think you got to lock him into your lineup. And he is uh, a three down back. Right, he is a workhorse, which those are rare. Um, yep. And if 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 you if if at all possible, you you got to get those guys in your lineup. The guy who stands out a little bit in this group for us, uh, who is one that's probably going to jump uh, between tiers a lot here, depending on the matchup. But Dee Dee Westbrook, I think, is a guy you got to get in your lineup this week. 
Um, I'm going to start him. Yeah, I'm starting him as well in in one of my leagues. Um, He does maybe have the toughest matchup out of their receivers and that he's going against Kendall Fuller. But the reality is, is that the toughest matchup in the Chiefs secondary is still advantageous for, for pretty much everyone. And the rapport and all the reports that we heard about D.D. Westbrook, um, I think that uh, it sets up really well for him to have a great start to the year. I think he's a, he's a solid must start for us. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the Chiefs cornerback situation is still kind of, you know, up in the air a little bit, but uh, we'll just have to see how that shakes out for the Chiefs situation but uh moving on to our next uh category here uh the good options who uh you know guys who uh we you know you definitely don't have to start but you know if if you're kind of you know moving guys around here uh there's just some options that you have if, if you have these guys rostered here um sammy Watkins, uh damian williams and and nick Foles are, are in our uh, good options category here I know you like Sammy a whole lot, and uh, yep. really, I think Dan- Damian Williams would have been a must start if it yeah. wasn't for the for the Lashawn McCoy signing. Yep. Uh, but he exactly. kinda, we kind of got to move him down a category just to see how this is going to shake out because I believe we're going to see quite a bit of Lashawn McCoy on Sunday. I don't I think, think so it's going to be you know I don't know what the share is going to be, but I think we will see him quite a bit on the field. Yeah, I think yeah, and you're exactly right, Damian Williams. If if Lashawn McCoy had not been signed, this would look a lot different because then Damian Williams would be a must-start. Yes. But now that we have McCoy there, Jacksonville's defense is good. Um, I think if you've got, you know, if you've maybe you've got if – you, if you've got Sony Michelle or something like that, I would start him. Uh, I think Damian Williams is a guy that if you've got another – if you've got a solid RB2 with a more kind of defined and sure – uh, role and workload. I think I think you go with him. I think Damian Williams is still a fine option, um, but I have no issue with going with someone who has a more defined role. A um, couple of guys that we're going to talk about here, uh, on Johnson and Sony Michelle. I think I would probably start both of those guys over Damian Williams, just for the simple fact of we know so much more about the kind of roles that those guys are going to have, and they've been productive players in the past. Yeah, because, um, I mean, there will be some unknown of, on how much you – know, I believe, you know, McCoy will play, but it's just a matter of how much, and then yeah. how much is he going to be taken away from Damian Williams. It just definitely hurts Damian Williams' stock, and, and, and you have to bring him down, you know, a level. And, mm-hmm. you know, and this is why we, you know, we don't like to get into the player ranking system. We get into more of the – this this tiered group that we have set up here just because it works better when you're trying to lay out your your roster because it's all roster con- construction and how you're gonna you yeah. know put the best lineup up you know each and every week and your lineup's gonna change from you know from week to week so you know like like Dan said if if you have Sony Michelle or you have Carryon Johnson you know those are gonna be better options this week if if you know you got Damian Williams also yeah and for that matter in this in this specific matchup here if it's a flex spot and you're choosing between Damian Williams and Dede Westbrook I would probably even go Dede Westbrook there because I think the floor is higher I think Dede Westbrook's four is like five catches for 52 yards you know and that's 10 points that's a solid flex day and if he scores a touchdown you're into wide receiver two numbers already Um, whereas Damian Williams without knowing just how much Shady McCoy is going to play I mean it's really conceivable that Damian Williams would have like four catches or four carries 
and three catches. I mean, we've seen we've seen Kareem Hunt have similar days to that, and he was a workhorse. Yeah. So it's really the floor there being pushed way down is kind of the risk and why he's um, down here in the good options. The the other guy, and you know, like we said, there's a lot of different reasons for why a guy may be listed here, but I think it's entirely matchup based here this week, and why Nick Foles is a solid option. If you are in a pinch and you're streaming quarterbacks this year, I think Nick Foles is a good week one option. Um, there's still a whole heck of a lot of unknowns about the Chiefs' defense. Um, there are a, quite a bit of changes there. Um, but you know what? the information that we have to go off of is that the Chiefs' defense was really bad last year. There's a lot of new pieces there, but there's still a, a whole heck of a lot of unknown. The Jaguars are at home. We do expect the Chiefs to put up some points here. And Jacksonville's probably going to have to be throwing the ball a little bit. So I think Nick Foles is a guy that could have a 200-yard, two-touchdown game. Uh, and if you're streaming quarterbacks, that's probably all you need. Yeah, that's – I mean, if you're going to be streaming, then you're, the rest of your team is going to be, you know, bulked up. So yeah, 200-yard, two-touchdown game for your quarterback is what you want every week if you're streaming. I mean, obviously you're going to have the, the, the ups and downs if you're streaming. But, you know, shoot, give me 202 touchdowns. That's, that's perfect yeah. if you're streaming. Right. So, um, to move along here into our dark category, you know, like Dan said, um, these are guys. Um, if you if you kind of need a spot where you need to swing for the fence just a little bit, you know, yeah, um, you know, and and this is really what we talk about in the in the dark, you know, the dart throw section um, is you know you're not going to be playing them every week probably, but the matchup is there, and if the, the really what we're looking for is like a touchdown. You know, got yeah. to score a touchdown, and that's where you, your dart throw is going to come in because they're not going to get a whole lot of targets or rushes or you know um, anything like that. But the way the game's going to be played, the, there's a possibility for them to get a touchdown. So in that category, in this game, we have Nicole Hardman, Chris Conley, and and Lashawn McCoy in our dart throw category in um, yep. Kansas City versus Jacksonville. So and you know, like I said, Nicole Hardman could have a touchdown. I mean, it's very possible, right? Yeah, you know, it, yeah, you could you could easily see a scenario where, and I think it's it's reasonable to expect that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to focus their defensive attention on stopping Tyree Hill, um, and then you know, Sammy Watkins, I really like him this year, but we've also seen him get hurt a lot, so there is a potential scenario there, and I think this is going to be pretty weekly thing, in that playing in the Kansas City offense that Michael Hardman could go off for a. You know, he could have two catches for eight yards and a touchdown, and that's a pretty solid day. Yep. Um, so, I think – he's going to be in the rushing attack, too, I think. I mean, I think he will get yep. one or two a game where, you, you know, you get the little reverse or the, the jet sweep type of deal. And I think unless Sammy Watkins is out of the lineup, I think Nicole Hardman will probably be in the dark throw section yep. probably almost all year, you know. Right. And, and if you get to, you know, a spot – where you need a dart throw. And even if you need a dart throw this week, you know, I think McCall Hardman is, is, is your guy. Yeah. These are, these are guys like, for example, maybe you had, if you had David Montgomery, Aaron Jones, and maybe you had Devonte Adams as well. And you had a really terrible Thursday and you need to hunt for upside dart throw guy, maybe a guy you can look at. Um, Chris Conley, my, my, my thinking there really for him is that, if Kendall Fuller is able to maybe limit D.D. Westbrook a little bit, um, if what if possible, you know, obviously I expect D.D. Westbrook to have a good game. But if, you know, there, there should be some other production there. We know the 
one thing we can be certain about in the Chiefs defense is that their secondary is pretty bad, especially their corners. Conley's going to play on the outside a lot, which is where they're even weaker. Um, so, you know, Chris Conley could catch a couple passes. He could score a touchdown. So I think he's a good dart throw as well. And he My has first... a little bit of uh, that chip on his shoulder too because, yeah. you know, Kansas City let him go. So, you know, he's Hashtag got a little, little, revenge little, game. Little, yeah, little something, something extra to be playing for, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you know, and to touch briefly on McCoy, you know, we'll see how his, you know, his usage is going to go on Sunday. But um, I would I be surprised if he got a touchdown? Not at all. Right. So um, if you like Dan said, if you had a rough rough Thursday and you need some upside in your flex or your running back spot, you know, uh, dial up old McC- old Shady and yep. see what you can get out of him. I think he might be my favorite dart throw in this game. Um, I think he's got probably the most upside, but also, you know, a really super low floor. There's just so much unknown. We really don't know how much he's actually going to play, and we still don't know how good he actually is anymore. He, you know, last year he really wasn't very good in Buffalo, so it's uh, that's why he's down there in the darts. Um, To finish this one off, we've only really got one noteworthy fade here. And it has a lot to do still, again, with Shady, um, and that's Darwin Thompson. Yeah, there was a weak stretch there where he was one of my favorite kind of yeah. mid to late-round picks. I think that kind of rubbed off on everyone because he had, like we talked about in the last show, his ADP was sky high. Um, I think Darwin Thompson <clears throat> excuse me, is still going to have his day this year. Uh, I think he's too talented to not, um, but I don't think it's going to be week one. Uh, I would not be considering – to me, Darwin Thompson is not worthy of a dart throw uh, like the other guys we just talked about are. No, I mean, he's just got too much in front of him. I mean, Shady's going to be playing. Damian Williams is going to be playing. And then the Chiefs offense already have so many other weapons. I mean, you got Tyree, Kelsey, Sammy, McCole. Yeah, I mean, Darwin, I wouldn't even be surprised if Darwin didn't even get on the field Sunday. Right. So, I mean, there's just too much in front of him right now. Yep. So, yeah. All right. So, I, I, I would still roster him, but I – Yeah. Just just hold on and wait and see, but let's just definitely just keep him on your bench for now for the for the time being. Right. And and you know, uh Damian Williams has not played a full sixteen games as a as a starter. Shady McCoy has had injuries in his past. He's been pretty reliable, but he has dealt with some injuries. So there's still a chance for Darwin to have his day. I would definitely hold on to him, like he said, but yeah. not startable in week one. Um, so the next matchup we want to look at here that's kind of got a lot of question marks going in, uh, the Detroit Lions at the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and so we've got the same kind of tiers going here for this game as we look at it. Uh, the must-starts in this game, uh, David Johnson, I think that one. Uh, I also think on Johnson is a must-start. And Kenny Galladay as well. I think, uh, you know, being the number one guy out there in uh, Detroit and Arizona being without Patrick Peterson – I think if you've got Kenny Galladay, you you put him in the in your lineup. Uh, yes, I agree. And we kind of have, uh, you know, those three you're you're playing no matter what. And uh, we kind of have a a little dispute on on a must start. We do. And, uh, my game, we extra do. must start is 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 Kyler Murray. And just speak just on the fact that where he got drafted. I mean, he was a lot of guys' first quarterback. You know, and yeah. if you're gonna be that, if, and, and I drafted him as my first quarterback in in two separate leagues, and uh, I 
I mean, if you jumped on that bandwagon and you believe he's going to be a top 10 quarterback, which I do, I mean, I think you just, you have to roll him out there. Cause if you drafted him as your first quarterback, even if you drafted another quarterback, that quarterback's probably not a, you know, a must start, you know? So um, to me, I think he is a must start this week. Yeah, I like him. Um, I think if you if you approach the draft like you and I had talked about uh, a couple weeks ago and Kyler Murray is your only quarterback, I think you feel really good about it. Uh, but I do think, you know, and we've seen I think just about every draft that I've been in, most guys take two quarterbacks. And I think for a lot of guys, um, they probably have – you know, Baker Mayfield maybe or someone on that level. And I think for me that's kind of what, the way I'm looking at it in that I think Kyler Murray is a, is a really fine start, but I think there are probably 18, 19 truly startable uh, quarterbacks. And so I think he's a great option. I don't think you have any heartburn starting Kyler Murray, but for me he's not a must start uh, in this game. But I don't have any issues starting him. I think – I think he's, he should have really the, the, the question marks from a football standpoint with Kyler Murray are just how good that uh, Cliff Kingsbury offense is going to be. Uh, we don't really know yet. We expect it to be good, um, but that's enough for me to, to slide him down uh, as a good option. To, to round out the good options for us, and we do agree on all of these, uh, Marvin Jones, Christian Kirk, and Larry Fitzgerald. I don't think – to me, I don't think any of these guys are must-starts. They they feel like one – I feel like either Kirk or Fitzgerald could make his way up into must-start territory, especially if that Arizona offense uh, reaches its kind of full potential. Yeah. But going in for this week, I think if – you know, if you're in a two-wide receiver league, um, there's probably someone else who you may – like D.D. Westbrook, I, I would probably start D.D. over both of these guys. I would oh, feel like a safer. I would feel safer there. Um, yeah. The floor is much higher, I think. So, I think that's why they're they're solid options, but not must starts. Yeah, I think we have to kind of let the Arizona passing attack kind of let it settle in and see what's going to happen here. I mean, we don't really know who's going to be the guy, be the you know the wide you know the favorite target for Kyler Murray. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it could be either one of these guys, or you know, Keyshawn Johnson, or. You just don't know yet, so I think we need to give this, you know, a week or two to kind of see where old Kyler Murray is going to be throwing the ball to, and uh, kind of just kind of let it, let it settle itself out and see see where it goes. Yeah, yeah I think uh, that's Marvin... the best plan of attack here, as you know, the first week or two gets going here. Yeah, I agree. I fully agree. For Marvin Jones, you know, he's he's more, he's kind of like a steady Eddie type of guy. It's kind of how I feel about him. You know, he's not one that I'm like super excited about. But he's caught a ton of touchdowns out there in Detroit. Uh, and a guy that we're going to mention here in just a second, if TJ Hawkinson really doesn't do anything, I think Marvin Jones has kind of been that red zone threat. Um, so I think you can feel good about getting him in your lineup. Um, he's he's more of a – he's not a dart throw, I don't think. I think he's someone you can feel good about, but certainly not a must start. Yeah, I Marvin think this Jones. game has the sneaky potential of being, you know, kind of half of a, uh, a shootout, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think. It's going to be week one, and, you know, uh, Arizona's supposed to have an explosive offense. We all know mm -hmm. Stafford likes to throw the ball. Um, you know, this has sneaky potential of being maybe not the highest scored game, but 
I mean, maybe top five high-scored game. I mean, it's it's got potential. I'm not saying it's going to be, but I think it's got the potential to be. Yep, and I agree. And so I think that's why Marvin Jones is is a good option. Yeah. The dart throws in this game, uh, I think TJ Hawkinson is not good. We haven't seen enough to make him a good option yet. I do think he's a dart throw um, because I think his floor is really low. Um, Man, that's your tight looked, end, too. It is my tight end. It is my <laughs> tight end in the Arrowhead League. But I think he's definitely a dart throw. I think he does have upside um, because really their their best red zone threat from a passing standpoint is well, it's probably carrying on Johnson. But from for a wide receiver, it's been Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones has caught a bunch of red zone passes uh, there in Detroit over the past couple of years, and he's really not kind of your t- prototypical red zone threat. Yeah. So I feel like maybe if if Hawkinson can fill that role and if he's effective in it, that's where his value is going to be. But really. You know, he could have one catch, and no one would be shocked. So his floor is really low. Another guy I like, though, is a dart throw, uh, the third Arizona receiver, Keyshawn Johnson. Um, the all At least all the reports are that he's the third wide receiver, and I think the potential for him there is if Arizona's offense is as good as we think it could be, then there's probably another guy there that's going to have a little bit of value from time to time. And the the guy I would take a dart throw on there is Keyshawn Johnson. Yeah, and really, when they've kind of got hooked up, he's kind of – they've had some good chemistry going, you know, shown yeah. a little bit in the preseason. Yep. So, again, like we said with the dart throws, uh, some most of these guys have really low floors, but they do have some potential to, to help your team if, you know, if it goes right for you. So, um, the fades in this game – uh, for me, I would not feel good about starting Matt Stafford. Uh, I think he's an easy fade. We did kind of mention a lot of their receivers there, um, but it, we've seen it happen a lot where, you know, a couple receivers can have solid days and the quarterback still had not a good game. And I think Stafford could easily have 200 yards and a touchdown, and that is, for your quarterback, that's a bad day. Yeah. So, uh, or he could have two touchdowns and two or three picks, you know. I would I would just not feel good about starting Matt Stafford. I think if I was in a pinch, I would go with Nick Foles. Yeah, over I mean, him. I think there would be better. I mean, if you drafted Matt Stafford, uh, I don't know what you were thinking to begin with, but um, <laughs> and then maybe in your, you're in a two quarterback league. You know, there's a lot of leagues out there with two quarterbacks, and then you know, obviously, even then, Matt Stafford, maybe you you might want to be looking to other other places. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, not really a good. Uh, week for Matt Stafford. Yep. So we're fading Stafford this week. Uh, the rest of the fades here, guys, you probably aren't considering. C.J. Anderson, maybe you were a little bit if you're in a deeper league. Uh, but I wouldn't feel good about starting him. I do think he's going to get on the field a little bit. Um, but uh, I, I'm fading C.J. Anderson. And the other guys that I've got that we've got here is fades. Uh, Andy Isabella, he got a lot of hype coming out of the draft because he killed the combine. But we have no idea what his role is going to be. Um, and he played exclusively with the backups in Arizona. Uh, yeah, to finish it off yeah, here yeah, in this keep, game. Keep an eye on him, though, and 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 uh, our other fade is Michael Crabtree. You know, keep an eye on this Arizona wide receiver wide receiver situation. Yeah, and just kind of see what happens, you know. And just because there's like like Dan said, there's just so much unknown on who's going to be the target, who's going to be the go-to guy, and just keep your eye on it. And you know, if Something happens this weekend, and one of them has a big game. Be on the be on the lookout for them on the, on the waiver wire. You know, come come week two. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I think if the Arizona offense is as good as it could be, there's going to be another guy there that's going to have some value. And we have no idea who that is yet. So, yeah, definitely it's those are guys to keep an eye on as we go forward here in the season. Uh, the next matchup we've got to talk about here. So we're probably going to have to hit on this one really quickly and maybe get to, I think, maybe one more game and then because we're getting kind of close here. Yeah, we are running out of time here a little bit. So let's just touch really quickly on the 49ers and the Bucks. Uh, we can scroll through the, the must-starts here. Uh, they're mostly pretty obvious. Uh, George Kittle, Mike Evans. I think for where you drafted Chris Godwin probably, uh, I think you have to get him in your lineup. Uh, O.J. Howard, again, I think tight end is pretty much a wasteland. If you have O.J. Howard, you have to have him in your lineup. Oh, yeah. um, good options. Uh, I like Jameis Winston. I think he's a solid option. Um, and I, I think that the two San Francisco 49ers receivers are, are good options as well. And I, I am including Marquise Goodwin in that. Uh, he's a starter there in San Francisco. He's had a lot of good games with Jimmy Garoppolo. So, I do like Pettis a little bit more, but I think you could feel pretty decent about getting Goodwin in your lineup if you if you need to. Yeah. Um, and also the running backs there, uh, Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida. Uh, I think yeah, those McKinnon are both very now, startable it's gonna guys. Be, it's going to be those two guys. You know, McKinnon's gone for the year again, so it's going to be the yep. Breida show, I believe. Um, and, and, you know, Tevin Coleman's going to be chipping in as well. So, yep. you know, a lot of – and kind of like – Arizona situation, you know, we'll see who comes out of this, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, in the in the upcoming weeks, just something to kind of eye on. Yeah, if you're choosing between those two guys somehow, if you have both Coleman and Brita, um, for me, I would start Brita. Yeah, and it's weird because Coleman was going so much higher than Brita. Yeah, and I just as good. I mean, Matt Brita was pretty good last year. He was really good, yeah. And he and played he's just not getting the injury. love this year for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know why exactly we love. You know, the fantasy community loves Tevin Coleman so much more. But I think there's a pretty reasonable argument. I do actually think that Matt Breida is better. I think Matt Breida is a better football player. That may be an unpopular opinion, um, but you know, Tevin Coleman is a kind of a boom bust type runner. Whereas Matt Breida is is more, he does have the boom potential, but I don't think he busts out on his runs quite as frequently as Tevin Coleman does. Yeah. So, you know, for me it's Matt Breida. Yeah. For for us it's uh, Breida. Uh, so the dart throws here, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo I think is a dart throw. Um, I think he's a guy who's had some pretty significant he had lows. A rough preseason. He did. Um, but if he this game not look good. If this game goes into the shootout like a lot of guys think it will, I think Jimmy G will put up some numbers. Um, he's a risky, risky one. That's why I think he's a dart throw here. Uh, the other dart throw I think we've got here is Ogun Bawali, uh, the third running back for the Buccaneers. I think again, if 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 it goes like a a shootout, you know, like we're like we're thinking it's going to be, then I think Ogun Bawali is going to play a lot. We've got the other running backs there, and you know, to us, uh, Ronald Jones, Peyton Barber. I'm fading both of those guys. Really, if I'm going to take a dart throw on on a uh, Tampa Bay running back, I would rather go with Ogun Bawale because I feel like they're going to be passing a lot, and I just 
would not feel good about having either Jones or Peyton Barber in my lineup. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be – either one of them are going to get 10-plus carries. So, I mean, I don't think Tampa is going to be running the ball a whole lot anyways, but I don't think either one of them eclipse, you know, 10 carries. But All right. So, and like you said, take the take the dart throw and, and you know, hope the game flow works out in, into uh, to Dare's, you know, into his way, you know, a little bit better. Yep. The only other, other one – yeah, yeah go, ahead. yeah, go ahead. The other dart throw is, uh, is uh, Debo Samuel. And, uh, yeah, so the Ronald Jones, Peyton Barber, and Debo Samuel are three fades in the San Francisco-Tampa Bay game. So the next game we want to get to, and uh, the big, big Sunday night football game um, is Pittsburgh against New England. And our must-starts in this game are obviously Juju, uh, James Conner, Sony Michelle and Julian Edelman, and we yep. kind of have a dispute between me, uh, between Dan and I here. Uh, I believe Josh Gordon is a must start as well, and actually, I would probably even drop Julian Edelman down. I'm just not too big on Edelman this season long, but um, he probably. I mean, obviously, if you got him, you're probably starting him. So yeah, I just, I mean, because he was probably your maybe your first or second wide receiver that you drafted. So obviously you're starting him, but when Josh Gordon's out on the field with Tom Brady, he is, he's quite, quite the receiver. And uh, I know he didn't get a whole lot of preseason action, um, but I think he'll be just fine once, you know, the, the lights are on and, and, you know, that kickoff goes and, and, and Josh Gordon starts getting deep targets you know, obviously, we'll see how the Patriots are going to – because the Patriots are so, you know, funky with how their game flow goes. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's all a little bit of game flow because, you know, they'll rush the ball 40 times if they if they think it'll – if they'll win – if that'll win them the game. Yeah, they but, will. Yeah. But I think Josh Gordon still gets his. And uh, for me this week, he is – you know, he's a must-start, I think, I believe. Yeah, so – I like Josh Gordon. I think he's a he's a good starting option, but I I don't see him as a must start really. I think there's a good chance that you maybe have a better option. Um, you know, it's it's hard to speculate on exactly who I would bench Josh Gordon for, but I think if I was choosing in this game, if for whatever reason I had Julian Edelman and I had Josh Gordon, I would start Julian Edelman, and I feel like that's because. You know their upside between those two guys is probably pretty similar. Uh, maybe you could you could probably say Josh Gordon has more upside. He has a chance for a two touchdown game, where maybe Edelman doesn't. Um, but I also think that Josh Gordon does have the potential to have a two catch seventeen yard game, and I don't see Edelman really having anything lower than four or five catches. Um, so to me, that's why I've got, in my opinion, uh, Julian Edelman is a must start. And Josh Gordon more of a as a solid, but not a must start option. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, obviously you're starting Julian Edelman, and uh, right, but I just I'm not too big on him season long. That's why I didn't really. He was kind of my first through four in the in the opening podcast of of guys to avoid, but uh, some good options in that game. Uh, James White. Dante Moncrief, James Washington, and Tom Brady. 
we believe are some good options for Sunday night football here. Yeah, and, and to me, the thinking on Dante Moncrief and James Washington is, you know, we've got Juju as a must start. But I actually think, you know, because you drafted Juju, obviously, as your number one wide receiver, you have to start him. Don't get too cute and bench a player as good as Juju Smith-Schuster. But I would temper the expectations at least a little bit because – and that's why I think Dante Moncrief and James Washington are guys that you can maybe get into your lineup depending on, on your situation because I feel like what we've seen from uh, the New England defense under Bill Belichick is they're going to go after and they're going to try and shut down your number one option. And that is clearly Juju Smith-Schuster, especially you know in the passing game. So I think that may open things up a little bit there for Moncrief and James Washington to have decent games. I, I'm, I'm, I don't think both of them will come up with good games, but I do think there is a good shot that one or the other. Uh, is, there's no way to really tell who it'll be. Um, if I had to pick between the two, I think I would go with Moncrief. Um, but, you know, I think either one of those guys is flex-worthy this week. Yeah, because, I mean, Juju put up really good numbers last year with Brown there, so one of these two has is, is got to emerge as as yeah. that guy and uh, um, just kind of we'll see, how, you know, like in his, all these other situations, just kind of give it a week or two and see how it's going to shake out. But, um, yeah, kind of keep, keep uh, an eye on that situation. We've got Brady as a good option here. I'm not too super, you know, high on him season long. Um, but I do think for this game, he's a he's a solid option. Um, Pittsburgh was actually a lot better against the run last year than they were against the pass. Um, so uh, Brady being at home, I think he's got a pretty a good chance, kind of like what we talked about uh, with Nick Foles, to have a you know two hundred fifty two touchdown kind of game. I don't think he's going to go off for three four hundred yards and three or four touchdowns. Um, but I think he's got a pretty solid shot to have a, a decent day. And so I think if you, if you're in a pinch, um, Brady is a decent, is a pretty decent streaming option for week one. Yeah. So, and, uh, moving to our next category here, our dart throw and really our only dart throw in this game is, uh, is Philip Dorsett. Uh, I, yeah. and he has that long play potential and that big game, you know, 50, 60 yep. yard touchdown catch, you know, I think, and I think he's going to be probably in a dart throw, of, you know, most of the season, you know, yeah. kind of like Nicole Hardman is, just because he has that big play potential, or he has a potential for a two catch for thirty yards and two touchdown game. Like he has yeah. that potential too. Yeah, you know, he's just kind of a sneaky play every once in a while. He can he can have a, a really big game, but like as a week to week player, I I don't think so. I mean, like this, like right. I said, the dart the dart category is. You kind of need a swing for a home run, and, and, and you know, Dorsett could provide that home run for you. I mean, he's shown it in the past to have a big game, a uh, big play potential. Yep. So, our, our, and if you're wondering, you haven't heard a name yet, and that name is Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. And he is in our fade category this week. We're fading him. Along, yep. Along with his tight end, Vance McDonald. Uh, uh, so, Pittsburgh on the road in New England, home opener. Uh, no Antonio Brown. Right. Uh, there's big time potential for Big Ben to kind of struggle here. Yeah. And he could have a three interception game here, folks. Yeah. And, and you know, for, for Big Ben, we've got him in the fades here, and I think that's where he needs to be. But it's not like, you know, I, I wouldn't start. If you've got 
Big Ben and you're like, well, I'm going to go out on the waiver wire and see what's out there. I wouldn't start Matt Stafford over him. Um, but I think you've got to go in expecting that Big Ben is not going to have – he's going to have a – his best potential in this game is kind of mediocre. He's not going to have a big game. I think that we saw what happened uh, yesterday – uh, with the Packers and the Bears, both those offenses are rusty. I think the Packers off, or I'm sorry, the 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 Steelers' offense is going to be slow to get going here. Um, I think, you know, they were really successful last year with Antonio Brown and Juju. Antonio Brown is gone now, so if Moncrief and or James Washington isn't really dynamic in opening things up, they could struggle because Juju. We haven't seen him. Uh, in the number one receiver role. So I think that they're going to get off to a little bit of a slow start here, and that's why I am fading Big Ben. If I've got Lamar Jackson or um, Kyler Murray, I'm starting those guys in a heartbeat over Big Ben this week. Um, and and uh, for Vance McDonald, he had a, a lot of hype, but every time the Steelers coaches talked about him, they're like, hey, well, yeah, he's not going to really do a whole lot different than what he did last year. He's going to play about half the snaps. He's going to have the same role. And if you look at his stat lines last year, the only time he was really worth anything was when he scored a touchdown. Um, so then if you look at New England's defense, they're one of the best at stopping tight ends. So if I've got, like, for example, one of the tight ends I've got in my leagues is Austin Hooper, I would go with him over Vance McDonald. I think Vance McDonald has a fairly solid season-long outlook. Um, but if I've got another option at tight end, another decent kind of tight end one option, I would go with him over Vance McDonald. Yeah, and like the, kind of like the quarterback uh, situation this year, I think the tight ends is the same. You know, obviously, like we said in, in the previous podcast, where you can you know play the play roulette if you don't have one of the big guys, and if you have Vance McDonald. Uh, see what else is out there and kind of look for a better matchup look for something that you you know unless you need like a you know a dart throw or something like that you know just yeah something a little more consistent with a with a with a higher floor and and just get your get your six seven points out of your tight end and and, you know move on to the next week you know because you can't afford a a goose egg you know in a spot and then and expect to win yeah. You know, so at least try to get something out of that spot if you if you don't feel good about your your matchup with the guy that you have in your lineup currently. Right, and I think you know one other part of the reason why Vance is a fade for us is because of the expectation. Like you know we've got Hawkinson as a dart throw. Vance, I think, is also a little bit of a dart throw, but you drafted him as a solid kind of rock solid tight end one, and I don't think that's what you're getting this week. I think he's much more of a wild card. Um, if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's going to have he's going to be worthless for you in, in your lineup. So if you do have a, a, a option with a higher floor, I would go with that, especially if you can afford to go with a floor option at tight end rather than upside. Yeah. Um, so that that rounds that one out. That's a big one, uh, not just for fantasy, but in the NFL as well. And the last one we want to touch on here, one of the Monday nighters, uh, another big one for fantasy: uh, the Houston Texans at the New Orleans Saints. And there's a lot of must starts in this one, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, you got you got a lot of big names in this game. I mean, yeah. Houston with all the things that they've done, you know, in the, in the trade market and uh, all the noise that they made in the last couple of weeks with acquiring players, trading players, but and then the the big names you have in, in New Orleans. But 
you know, our, our, our must starts this week is obviously Alvin Kamara. You're just, you're starting him. Uh-huh. Michael Thomas, you're starting him. DeAndre Hopkins, you, you put, you're definitely starting him. And, <laughs> and Deshaun Watson, you're definitely starting him. Cause this is, this probably will be the highest scored game of the, of the week. Yeah. You know, this has the potential to be, you know, push 60 points, 65 total points, you know, I, I believe. I don't know what the over-under is, you know, right now, but this has the potential to be a 30-30, a 40-20 game, something like that, just with all the offensive firepower in this game right now. So those yeah. four are must-starts. So kind of moving to the, the good options category here that we uh, – that we like uh, Drew Brees, you know, he's, he's always a good option at home, especially in a home opener. Uh, you know, I don't think he's a must start, but uh, definitely, definitely a good, good option there. Uh, Duke Johnson. He's also a, a really good option here. Obviously with all the, you know, like we said, the, the off the last couple of weeks of what Houston's done, they've got it. Carlos Hyde here. And uh, from from the Kansas City Chiefs, which we were gladly willing to get rid of, in my opinion. <laughs> yes, we were. Not just because I mean, not just because Carlos Hyde's not a good player or anything, but just it just to me when I even signed him, it didn't make sense to me. Like I said, but um, so he's there in Houston now. So, which I think it really that helped Duke Johnson doesn't really put all the burden on him to you know. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't going to carry the ball twenty times a game, but now he's got the. I just let me be the pass catcher. Let me be that guy. And uh, so another guy for us is Will Fuller, um, Latavius Murray, and uh, Jared Cook. That uh, rounds out our good option category there. Yeah, and uh, you'd mentioned the over-under, and I just looked it up here really quick. Uh, they've got it. There's a couple different uh, sites here that it's – well, I'm looking at uh, Vegas Insider, but uh, about 53 points for the over-under in this game. So there's going to be a lot of points. That's a really high yeah, over-under. That's, that's super high. That's really high. Yeah. So over-under. Fantasy points galore. Um, and to to get back a little bit here to the good option, guys, uh, I really like Duke Johnson. Um, I, we'll, we'll touch uh, on him a little bit later when we, when we mention some of uh, the start sits that we've got uh, in our leagues, uh, the lineup decisions that we've got to make. But I think Duke Johnson could be in for a nice game here. Uh, we like we talked about. Uh, there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Um, you know, I just don't see really what there is too much concern with Duke, other than he's on a new team. But there's no question he's going to get the most snaps in the backfield. There, I mean, the only other option is a new guy as well, and Carlos Hyde. And you know, the obvious passing down option is Duke Johnson. The offense yeah. is really good. They just upgraded the offensive line. So, man, I, I think Duke Johnson's a really nice play this week. Um, I think he can have six – he can he conceivably catch ten passes in this game. I think he, you know, he can catch anywhere from six to ten, um, and he's probably going to get you know, at least five carries. So, I think Duke, Option, especially in P- or Duke Johnson, especially in PPR leagues, is a real nice play this week. Yeah, I mean, I, he could get ten catches because, I mean, I think the Saints are going to be – Saints are always got the – you know, the throttle down and they're going mm-hmm. and going and going. And I believe Houston's going to be trailing most of this game. And um, 
dump offs, man. Get right. Duke Johnson some dump offs, you know, especially if they're going hurry up, hurry up. Right. Uh, you you watch these games and these teams are trying to come back, and you know they got the four wides and the running back in the backfield. I mean, how many times is that running back getting a dump off? I mean, it's yeah. so many times where the running back just gets a five yard dump off, and then sometimes he turns it into something. But that's you know that's a catch, that's a point. We we want all catches, we want all yep. those points. And you know, Duke Johnson has you know ten catch game in him. I think in this game. Yeah, and you know they they did trade for Laramie Tunsil, so they have upgraded the offensive line. They upgraded you know left tackle significantly. But that isn't just all of a sudden they're going to have a fantastic offensive line. They've still got a bad offensive line. And so, you know, um, Deshaun Watson has handled it really well because he's so mobile. But also he runs out of time a lot. And, again, that's where we get into the dump-offs. And I think Duke Johnson is going to catch a lot of those in this game. Um, yeah, and what, and what we kind of look for here is, like like Dan said, this offensive line's not very good. So they're not going to be running the ball for over 100 yards. Yeah. So we're – more likely to happen in this game duke johnson catches 10 balls or carlos hyde goes for 100 right and i I think we all know the answer to that so yeah you know in you know in 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 other situations like when you're trying to when these running back by committee situations happen and you're trying to decide between you know if i should you know obviously you, you may not have both of those running backs but if you have one of them and you're deciding on whether to play him or not you kind of look at who they're playing and how the how you think the game's gonna flow and if you think it's going to be in your favor of the guy you have on your team, then obviously you go with it. But if you don't like it, you know, like in this case, I mean, obviously we're not even considering Carlos Hyde at all, like in any situation. Yeah. So just, you know, keep that in mind as, as the season goes on here. And that's kind of like how how me and Dan take a look at things. And, and you know, because not everybody, we, we don't have all the running back starters. I mean, there's guys that we have, like, like Dan said, we have Duke Johnson on the team that we share together, and mm-hmm. uh, we have a decision to be made there, which we will touch on here in a little bit. But, yeah, that's a really good point. You know, if you're if you're struggling to make a decision on on a running back, uh, a lineup, you know, decision that you're trying to make, a game flow is huge for running backs, uh, yes. even more so than wide receiver, um, and because there's so many specialized guys. Um, so you know, if 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 Houston gets a huge lead and they're up by three scores, yeah, they're probably going to hand off to Carlos Hyde because they got such a huge lead. But if they That's got that not... huge lead, they got that huge lead through Duke Johnson or right. these other receivers, you know. Right. So however it happens, whether Houston gets the lead or they're playing from behind, you know, Duke Johnson will be a part of that. Right. But I think this, I think this game is a game where Duke Johnson could really be valuable and that there's going to be a lot of points scored. It should be close. Um, you know, I don't really see, I, I don't think it's very likely that, you know, somebody gets blown out in this game. Um, so to touch on, so yeah, again, we, Duke Johnson, I think is a great play, yeah. um, to touch on some of these other guys here, Will Fuller. Uh, I mean, when he's healthy, he's a borderline must start. Uh, the only reason he's he not really is, is he's because, just so dynamic, man. Yeah. You go back and look at the stat lines of the games that he played in full. I mean, yeah. He's had multiple touchdowns several times, and he's just such a deep threat. If, if this guy could play a full 16, he could put up some monster, monster numbers. Right. The, the, the only reason that he's not a must-start right now is pretty much because it's week one. You know, if he go, if he has a huge game week one, and then, you know, then we'll have to take a look at the matchup next week. Um, but he could, he could work his way into must-start territory, I think. 
Uh, he he's he's a good player. Yes. Uh, Latavius Murray uh, and Jared Cook. Jared Cook, I think you drafted him to be your starting tight end. I think you can feel good about that. Um, from that perspective, he kind of maybe could be considered a must start because he's got sneaky potential, I believe, especially obviously in this game, but in in as as uh, and season long as well. You know. Yeah. Just because you know the Saints love to throw the ball, and uh, yep. I think he's going to have a lot of red zone opportunities. The only the only thing I could say, um, I think it goes back to the floor. What's his floor? And it's been a long time since the Saints had a productive tight end. The last one was Jimmy Graham, and he hasn't been there in a long time. So you know we have. That's the only real reason why I I don't think he's quite a must start. But from the tight end landscape, it's nearly that reason to feel bad or concerned if you're starting Jared Cook. Uh, Latavius Murray I want to talk about a little bit here before we wrap this up. Um, I, I kind of like Latavius Murray. I've kind of seen him as a as a decent kind of flex target this year. Um, it all really kind of depends on just how much he's going to play and how effective he is in that New Orleans offense. But th- I feel like there is a role for him to carve out that is flex-worthy uh, for season long leagues because we've seen Kamara be a counterpart with another RB one. You know, th- there was a season there where Kamara and Ingram are both RB ones. I'm not saying Latavius Murray is going to be an RB one, but I think that Latavius Murray is a decent kind of a solid flex play uh, for this week. And then going forward, I think uh, throughout the year. Yeah. So like, like Dan said earlier, the over under is 53 on this game. So there's going to be a lot of points scored. And there's a lot yeah. of points scored. There's a lot of fantasy points scored. Absolutely. So there's more players to be played in this game. Yep. There's more options for you. So, you know, these are the games that you look for when, you know, you got these, you know, if you got, you know, uh, Ronald Jones on your team and, and you have Latavius Murray too, obviously you're going to be going Latavius Murray this week. You know, All in, day. In, yeah, absolutely. In, in a flex situation. Right. You know, even though um, maybe – Jones gets more touches or, or looks, you know, but I think, I mean, that may be pushing it, but I mean, there's a chance, you know, mm-hmm. but Latavius Murray has the better, the higher floor because of just the way this game's going to go. This is going to be a high scoring game. Right. So the San Francisco and Tampa Bay, I, I don't think it's going to be, you know, a very high scoring game like the Nor- uh, Houston New Orleans game. So no. Yeah. And that, that's the other thing you know we a lot of a lot of times you know the fantasy community wants to fall in love with whoa wow we got two terrible defenses here there's gonna be a bunch of points scored it doesn't really always work that way to me the much safer bet to have a ton of points scored like like we just said is houston and new orleans and if they get close if new orleans gets close to the goal line camara has played there a lot too but if they're gonna line up with a with a fullback and pound it uh, I think they're going to hand off to Latavius Murray, so I think he's got a decent shot to get a to get a goal line plunge in this game. Yeah, he's going to be doing a lot of vulturing this year for all the Alvin Kamara owners. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. So, uh, so our dart throw in this game, um, there's only really one that we have because the other guys are really good options or your must start because there's going to be so many points <laughs> yeah. in this game. But kind of right. our dart throw is is Traquan Smith here. Uh, it's kind of our only dart throw in this game. Um. And it, again, you're looking at maybe he catches a long ball for a touchdown. Yeah. I think that's the hopes there. 
Um, so I think it's a guy that has potential, but the floor is really low. So that's why, you know, I, we kind of consider him a dart rather than a fade or, you know, not considering at all. Um, I think he, you know, he's done it before. Uh, I think he's, he's got a, he's kind of their deep guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, he's, in, he's in the Philip Dorsett category, you know, like, and Mikko Hart. Yeah. He's, he's that type of player, so. Right. Um, so, finishing this one off, uh, the fades in this game, Kiki Kuti and Kenny Stills. I would not want to start either one of those guys, even though, you know, we, we do expect a high-scoring game here. Uh, Kuti, he's been hurt. Uh, I don't think he's 100%. Uh, so, I would not want to start him. I would look elsewhere for my wide receiver three or flex. And then Kenny Stills, I think Kenny Stills eventually will pass Kuti on the depth chart there uh, because he's, in my opinion, is a better football player. Yeah, and they just um, traded for him. I mean, obviously they traded right. and got him for a reason. I mean, and I think that reason is yeah. obviously Will Fuller's health situation because he hasn't played sure. over 16. And then also the same for Kiki Kuti. I mean, he has, you know, his yep. injury issues as well. So Kenny Stills just adds to that depth. And I think if Will Fuller stays healthy – like he's the, the number two for sure, but yeah. Kenny Stills could easily jump into that wide wide receiver three position over Kiki. Yeah, I just think that it's too soon really to kind of trust putting Stills in your lineup. Um, yeah, I mean he just got there what uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, so so yeah, definitely take yeah. that. Yeah, so that's kind of a look at the kind of the matchups that we wanted to talk about here. Um, the only other thing we've got, we do got a few of our own lineup decisions that we're making uh, that we wanted to talk to you guys about here. Uh, so we will go ahead and transition into that. Um, and we'll start off in the league that we recapped last week, uh, the Arrowhead League. And I do have one kind of lineup decision here uh, that I'm going to have to make. Uh, I've got to choose between Dante Pettis or Devin Singletary. Um and I pretty much have my mind made up on this one. I'm going to go with Dante Pettis. Um, I think I really like Dante Pettis. I think, you know, uh, Mike Shanahan has been kind of playing the motivation game with him all offseason, and that really kind of depressed his ADP. But I think that's going to be a benefit to anybody that, that drafted him because I, I do think he is their best wide receiver. Um, I think Kittle is getting all the attention. Pettis had some really good games at the end of the year last year, so I think he's shown he could be a good player. Um, so the Singletary thing, there's still the other sand running back by committee. Uh, it's a whole lot of unknown there. So I feel safer and more sure about, uh, Dante Pettis. So that's what I'm going with. I'm taking Pettis over Singletary for me. Yeah. So, I mean, Pettis is in the, the good options category and Singletary, I think would be definitely in the dart throw category. Yeah. And, uh, so I think if you needed something there, Dan, to, trying to swing for the fence if you felt like you were behind or didn't right. you didn't match up very well against the team you were playing then you could go singletary just to for the potential boom but uh you know just at the end of the day i think you know pettis is is you know however many times out of 10 would be the better play you know yeah eight or nine ten times out of ten would be the better play right so my decision is kind of similar here a little bit and um uh, I'm deciding between Miles Sanders or Matt Breida. Um, I think I'm – I've kind of got my mind made up, but I may switch it because I think I could swing for the fence here a little bit because 
the guy I'm going against uh, already laid a zero, so uh, I feel pretty good. <laughs> and just the rest of my roster is is really good. I mean, I got David Johnson at running back, uh, Devontae Freeman, and I got Sonny Michelle on the flex. So this will be my second flex on whether I'm starting Miles Sanders or Matt Breida. But I think I'm leaning towards Matt Breida just because I think yeah. the floor is going to be higher. Right. I think Miles Sanders could have a, a big, big game, but – I want to kind of wait and see. I think season long, he's going to be really good. He will be the guy. But I think week one, I may just, you know, let it marinate on my bench. I don't think I need him this week. I can just take the the 10, 12 points I get from Brita and get my win this week and and move on to the next week and see what happens this week with Miles Sanders. Yeah, I think you could have a similar situation here, Miles Sanders, as what we saw with David Montgomery. You know, I think week one – yeah, may not be his week, um, and I definitely think that Miles Sanders probably does have more upside just because of the talent there uh, than Matt Rita does. But but yeah, we're, you're right. That, that's another good thing, another good point. But I think Matt Breida, to me, definitely has a higher floor. Yeah, so I think that's why I'm going to lean. But uh, I may sneak Miles Sanders in there because I think I can afford to do that. Because like I said, the guy I'm playing already laid a goose egg, so. And he started, yep. and he had Aaron Jones, which he had to start him. So uh, he didn't have a very stellar game. So I think I can afford it to go with Miles Sanders because there's a payout for the highest scoring team each week. So I think I can shoot yep. for that and maybe kind of get a big boy nope. swing on this and try to get Miles Sanders in my lineup. So I think, but it may be a game time decision for me. I just just have to kind of see how it shakes out for me. So another one and a couple of guys that we've talked about a lot here uh, in the league that you and I share a team, Joe, we have another decision involving Miles Sanders. We got to pick between him and Duke Johnson, which is pretty tough call. Um, We, this one is probably another one that's going to go right up to game. You know, and I was think I knew this question was coming and I think we kind of already talked ourselves into it a little bit. Yeah. You know, I, and I think we have to go with Duke Johnson in this situation. I agree. I agree. I think Duke Johnson is, is the play here um, because just about just because of all the things we just talked about when we were looking yeah. at the Houston and, and New Orleans matchup. Um, not only is it a safer play, but there's a ton of upside there as well. Um, I think it would be hard if I have Duke Johnson, it would be hard for him to see a way for him out of my lineup. Uh it would have to be a pretty shallow league, I think, for you not yeah. to be starting Duke Johnson this week. Uh, really good option there. I mean, even in a maybe an, an eight-man league, I mean, I, I there would be it would be really hard, and maybe an eight-man league with no flex, then maybe yeah. you're not starting Duke Johnson. But even if you if you got a flex, yeah, you're, you're probably starting him. Just I mean, I don't right. know how he's not going to be in ninety some percent of lineups this week. It just, yeah. and I think Miles Sanders he'll be in a lot of lineups just because of the hype and the preseason, you know, all this, and he's going to be the guy. I think he will be in probably 70% of lineups. I'm guessing just ballparking a number out there, but um, yeah, I think like we just kind of talked ourselves into the Duke yeah. Johnson start here over, over Miles Sanders. Yeah, I think you're right. I think even in an eight team league, if it's an eight team league with, you know, two running backs and a flex, I think you're probably putting Duke Johnson in a flex even in the eight-teamer. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that's all we've got for this week. Uh, we are looking forward to, as I'm sure you guys are, looking forward to Sunday and Monday to really get – to me that's the best 
day. Uh, you know, I know we get Thursday, we get the opener, but Sunday with the full slate, that's when I really, really get into it. So I'm it's looking forward be, to that. When when noon comes, it's going to be bananas. It's just, oh, yeah. going to be so much football. My phone is going to get wore out. <laughs> <laughs> you had to keep it plugged in basically all day or it's going to die because yeah, there's so my, many notifications and you're on it constantly. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. I mean, it's just, and, and you know, all the, I mean, there's still going to be decisions to be made. And if, if you guys have any decisions that you would like some, some advice on, you know, feel free to, you know, hit us up on, on Facebook or on Twitter. Uh, just like Dan said, search the, the Dana Joe fantasy show and uh, we will help you out any way that we can. And, and a lot of this, you know, the situations come down to your roster construction. So yep. um, make sure uh, if you're deciding between two people, you know, make sure that's the two people that you're going to be deciding and not have a, a, you know, a third that could sneak in there or kind of some kind of situation like that. But uh, yeah, so Sunday, uh, I cannot wait. I'm going to be on the couch from noon till, till probably 11 o'clock. That night. I was going to say till basically till time to go to bed, essentially. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what Sunday is. It's already locked down. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna take a, uh, take a break there between the three o'clock games and Sunday night football, yeah. just to get yeah. up, walk around, stretch the legs. But yep. you know, other than that, it's gonna be eyes glued to the television. So yeah, so hopefully some of these guys we talked about maybe help you uh, make some lineup decisions. But definitely, like Joe said, if you've got any that we didn't address here, definitely hit us up uh, on our two social media pages. Uh, we will be back again. Uh, for next Friday to recap the Thursday night game again and to take a look at week two. So until next time, and uh, good luck this week.